Hi there, everyone. Bonjour. Uh, it's Sue Alouche, and uh, I'm happy to be with you today, even though it's a podcast. Uh, hopefully, we'll meet later on Skype. But for now, I wanted to just take you through the presentation I have uploaded for this afternoon's methodology class. I'm going to speak slowly as it's in English. Uh, I'm not going to explain everything on the slide because you have some good explanations in French. So uh, I'm just going to take you through some maybe other points that aren't on the slides as well. So if we start on page one, the subject of your methodology seminar is brand stre stretching. I don't know if you've ever heard of brand stretching or les extensions de la marque. Donc, uh, it's an expression in English which means we can stretch the brand to other categories of products when the customer understands our values, our personality and our culture. So once a brand has been established in a particular product category, we can stretch it into other product categories. So we're going to focus on two brands. One is Triumph and the other is Vespa. One is British slash American. The other one is Italian. And as you can see on page one, we have the original motorbike for Triumph. And we also see some brand stretching, how it's stretched into clothing, how it's stretched into watches. On Vespa, for example, we can see the moped Vespa and how it's stretched into sunglasses. Normally, we have to have uh, new products which uh, have a sense with the existing product. So, for example, uh, accessories um, in the same style or um, tastes. If it's food, uh, we can uh, take a taste like uh, les confitures, the jam, and make it into compote, for example. So uh, we have to, it has to have sense with the original product. If we move to page two, well, this is just a little bit of history about me, my background, as we don't know each other. Uh, I've just put here uh, the things that I've done in the past. As you can see, I have worked with some transport companies like BMW. Uh, and uh, I have written a book around branding as well. So you can read that at your leisure. If we go to page three, this slide is about uh, how the brand Triumph uh, has changed over the years in terms of its identity. So we go from the year 1902 to the present day. We can see that uh, sometimes the brand has changed to be just lettering uh, with the word triumph. Sometimes it's like a badge. And the most current logo that you can see at the bottom uh, really is emphasizing its Britishness. You will see why later. Uh, I'd like you to look at the video on page four. So you'll need to turn off your podcast and turn it back on again when you have read, when you have looked at that video. Okay, I uh, hope you enjoyed the video. So that gives you some idea of the sort of lifestyle of Triumph. 
and um, the fact that uh, people choose Triumph for the ride, for the comfort, for the ride they can have uh, on a bike that's uh, made for the roads. Okay, so if we move to page five, you'll see that uh, here we can see how brands also construct their codes. Uh, every brand has its codes in terms of identity, in terms of the way it's shown. Here are some older communications, as you can see, some um, badges for uh, clothing, <coughs> excuse me, um, some buttons. Uh, for clothing too, and badges. Okay, if we go to page six, we have again some older uh, advertising communications dating back to the 1900s. So this is the first triumph that was ever invented in 1902, and it was um, uh, the the company was created at that time by Siegfried Bettmann. And uh, this was a very interesting time because people could get around on, the, on a faster mode of transport than a bicycle. So Triumph started with, with bicycles. And then in 1902, it, it had its first, we could say, uh, motorbike. Uh, it's not quite like the motorbikes today, but it had an engine. If we go to page seven, uh, why the name Triumph? Uh, well, it gives you an explanation there about uh, that the name changed, in fact, from um, William Andrews, which was based in Birmingham, and they changed the name to Triumph. Uh, page eight. So here we have the war. Now, this was this was an opportunity for Triumph, but it was also very difficult. It was an opportunity because they could create some new commercial vehicles for the war. Uh, but as you can see from uh, the, the bottom, uh, on the night of the 14th of November 1940, their uh, factory was completely destroyed with bombing. Uh, at that time in Coventry in England, there were a lot of motorcycle and car manufacturers based around that area. And Coventry was one of the worst places for bombing during the Second World War. On page nine, we move to, um, we have the 1930s, the Speed Twin. Uh, we're looking at the American side now because uh, uh, Triumph was marketed in the UK and in America. So here we see uh, we have the uh, Speed Twin and uh, you're looking at a catalogue there from 1938, uh, which is uh, based on an American uh, style, as you can see. And um, we have uh, a distributor being used there. Uh, on the West Coast during the uh, years of the war in 1945. So this distributor was called Nicholson Brothers and they were creating their own communications at that time. On page 10, we see some of the personalities from the 50s and 60s. You may have heard of Steve McQueen and Marlon Brando. You might be a bit too young, but hey, these were two personalities that were very, very interesting for Triumph at that time. Steve McQueen starred in The Great Escape film, and he used this Triumph for his getaway. 
And Marlon Brando was a very well-known actor uh, who was seen as very cool. And we can see him here with a motorbike. If we move to page 11, uh, we'll see that uh, in England, uh, the advertising was, uh, uh, well, these, these are for the young at heart. Uh, but as you can see, it's quite, um, you would say, sage in French. Uh, it's not very exciting, we could say. So, um, yeah, we have a wartime shot here and we have leisure, the style de vie, uh, anglaise, là, uh, which is really uh, not so interesting for you today, but this is how things were at that time. If you move to page 12, we will see that in America, as you can see, sex sells. So uh, in, in America, they had a very different way of selling the triumph, style de vie, um, with glamorous women selling the bikes. Uh, on page 13, you'll see, uh, again, another problem that, uh, <clears throat> sorry, that Triumph had was uh, their factory, Le Meridian, was also um, occupied by the workforce uh, because they wanted to modernise the factory. And uh, this was another big problem for um, triumph at that time and it closed its doors in 1980 uh, because of this <coughs> okay so on page 14 we had the renaissance uh, in 1983 uh, John Bloor he came to buy all the uh, offices and factories of triumph and uh, he then proceeded to start marketing Triumph at the um, car, car salon in Cologne, the huge car exhibition at that time. And uh, there were key competitors, which were Trident, Daytona, and of course Triumph at that time was, was getting back onto the scene. So, um, yeah, the range was becoming more interesting with the Daytona 675 and 675R. And um, we could say that at that time, Triumph Engineering Company was dead, but the Triumph Motorcycle Company, the new one, was born. So if we move to page 15, another disaster. Triumph doesn't have very good luck. Um, on March 2002, uh, just about to celebrate its 100th anniversary, uh, there was another fire in the factory. And um, there were 650 employees, um, but they managed to get back on their feet by September of that same year. Page 16, uh, we have Triumph again in, uh, in 2010. Uh, Triumph is becoming very, very well known by this time and its profits are going up greatly. We have some more celebrities here that are using the Triumph, which is George Clooney, Nicolas Cage and Ewan McGregor. So things are uh, getting more positive for Triumph. On page 17, we have, uh, again, Triumph being featured in Mission Impossible 2, uh, another big triumph for Triumph. Uh, on page 18, you can read this page in more detail. It's about the, the values of this brand. It's very important when you are working with branding to understand the values of the brand, what it stands for. 
So here we have to transform your dreams into reality. Um, <clears throat> very well constructed for real drivers on real roads and embracing technology. These are the key values for Triumph. We also have on page 19 uh, the fact that uh, Triumph's Britishness is also very interesting. And these were some... Um, uh, some some interesting um, new identities that were created around Triumph's Britishness. If we move to page 20, uh, we can see that also Triumph featured in Mad Men and uh, a very, very famous American series. So we, we've always had this idea of the Britishness and the Americanness. Here we can see also, also a famous footballer, David Beckham, I'm sure you know him. And uh, I think he has several Triumph uh, motorbikes. On page 21, we can also have collaborations. So here we have a collaboration with uh, um, Paul Smith, who is the fashion designer you may know, English fashion designer. And uh, when we work with these collaborations like Paul Smith, we have the idea, obviously, that we are uh, working with a luxury product because Paul Smith is a luxury brand. So it can raise the values uh, when we work with these collaborations and uh, change the perceptions. On page 22, when we consider brand stretching, we also have to look at what the competitors are doing. Here we have some of the competitors of Triumph. And at the bottom, you can see uh, how they were doing as of 2014. Uh, this is a few years old, but it's uh, probably one of the best tables I've found in terms of competitive activity. But you may be able to find some uh, more up-to-date ones in your research. On page 23, uh, we have uh, here the values of the brand, um, which again, as I said before, are very important. So you can have a look at those. We have the values, we have the vision. The vision is how um, the CEO of the business uh, views its vision of the company. We have the style. What sort of style does the brand have? We have the mission. What is it engaged with? Uh, what are its key strategies? And we have the promise. The promise is usually made to the customer. What can the customer expect from the brand? Page 24, we can see that uh, here we have a brand extension. <coughs> um, it's uh, Triumph Travel, and it's an agency in France uh, called Monsieur Pinguin, uh, who has associated himself uh, with Triumph to create uh, a company called Triumph Travel, where we can go on different types of uh, voyage on the bikes. Uh, on uh, page 25, we can see that uh, once we have established our brand, we can communicate uh, the key values and the lifestyle uh, in a more clear way to the customers. On page 26, uh, we talk more about the consumer of Triumph. What are they like? Who are they? Um, they're not the super rich. They're clients who have a good income uh, and they want to spend their money on a good motorbike. 
but they're not they're not going to buy a Lamborghini, so they're not quite uh, luxury customers. On page 27, you will also see how they have um, uh, also targeted women. And we now have some famous women who are uh, also being used by the brand uh, to communicate those strong values for women. Uh, on page 28, we have the Gentlemen's Club. And the Gentlemen's Club is uh, uh, a, an interesting one. It's a group of men who like dressing up like gentlemen, as you can see, uh, in very, very different clothing to the usual motorbike uh, clothing. So these gentlemen, they travel the world. They are distinguished gentlemen. They wear their, they have, they wear their uh, special clothes. They have their special um, pipes or ways of, uh, of being and looking. And uh, this is a, an interesting club for Triumph. So we're going to finish with Triumph there, but I hope that's given you an idea of uh, the three important things, which are the identity of Triumph. So the identity comes from the personality of this brand. Uh, the personality of the brand is very important because um, the personality is like having a person representing the brand. So you've seen several personalities that represent the brand over the years. Um, if you think of Nespresso, we associate it with George Clooney. Uh, if you think of uh, J'adore Perfume, we associate it with Charlie's Theron. These are manifestations of the personality of the brand. Um, and this brand is for real riders on real roads. So that's also something to consider. Then we have the values of the brand, which uh, I've communicated to you during this presentation, which are really important to remember. And uh, finally, the culture of the brand, how it uh, operates, um, what are the important things for this brand. Okay. Now we're going to move on to Vespa, which is totally different. It's an Italian brand. It doesn't produce motorbikes. It produces mopeds. Uh, it's very much in the style of La Dolce Vita, the Italian lifestyle. And uh, if you go to slide 30, you will see they have had a campaign a few years ago called La Vespa Vita. So playing up on that Dolce Vita lifestyle. If you move to page 31, we can see some um, old advertising from Vespa. And uh, you can see we have uh, 1950s, 1960s style ads here. Um, we can see on the uh, image to the right-hand side this idea of the Italian uh, love affair, paradise for two. And, uh, yeah. So you can get an idea of how they used to communicate the Vespa. If you move to page 32, you'll see the um, more information about the target audience and its values. So um, we have, uh, yeah, we have a much younger age group here. More than 30% of people that buy Vespas are between 18 and 24. And in Europe, between 18 and 34. So um, the values of this brand are, it's a style classic, it's an icon in style. It reflects a personality and a, a way of living. 
which is adventurous, stylish and simple and evokes the film, I don't know if you've ever heard of the film Roman Holiday or La Dolce Vita. You can probably find those films on YouTube if you'd like to have a little snippet look at those just to get an idea of uh, the style. And on page 33, you'll see a modern day version of La Dolce Vita, which is really targeting women. Uh, so have a look at that video and come back and carry on the presentation. Um, on page 34, this is a relatively new campaign, uh, talking about the fact that we can have two personalities, uh, one when, when, when we're not on a Vespa and one when we are on a Vespa. So this is when the hipster movement first started a few years ago. Um, this woman looks quite nerdy when she's not on her Vespa, but when she's got her Vespa with her, she looks like a hipster. If we move to page 35, it's the same for this guy. Uh, go, he goes from being a nerd to a hipster because of the Vespa. If you go to page 36, so we have this idea of Vespa attitude. Uh, the attitude, the style, um, it's really a young brand uh, and uh, we have to remember that when we are working with this brand. Um, we have uh, an explanation here of the advertising that you just saw. So uh, you can read that. We have um, the art of a different type of manners. Yeah, when you're when you're on a moped, you're different to when you're on a motorbike. Uh, you have two different ways of riding them, two different ways of looking, and two different regards from the others uh, of you. So there's also this notion of the vintage um, aspect as well. Um, as you can see at the bottom, we have uh, yeah a little a little uh, uh, explanation of this idea of it being a vintage, having a vintage aspect as well. On page thirty-seven, uh, you can see some more current day ads. We're talking that the with the first one about the eco-friendly, eco-sexual Vespa. You can look sexy and eco on a Vespa. And on the second one, you can see the idea again of life on a Vespa, the lifestyle, uh, the, the romanticism. So that gives you a little um, snapshot of Vespa. You may need to do some more research. Uh, Vespa doesn't have such a long history as Triumph, and it hasn't had so many ups and downs. So uh, we could say it's more straightforward than the Triumph brand, which has had some real disasters in its time and has changed hands in terms of the business several times. If you move to page 38, we're now moving on to this idea of brand stretching and what is it. So as you can see here, um, it gives you an explanation and it gives you an example of Bon Mammal. Uh, if we take Bon Mammal as an example, um, you can see it started off with uh, jam. And uh, it's moved into many other categories because it makes sense, okay? Uh, so we had uh, Bon Maman, we have biscuits, we have yogurts, we have compote. We have many things starting from the brand Bon Maman. Uh, when we know the brand Bon Maman, we can move it easily into other product categories if it makes sense, okay? Uh, if we move to page 39... So this talks about the politics uh, around the brand. 
And uh, the fact that we can use the distribution method as a way of um, creating an extension, for example, BIC also distributes um, in, in tobacco shops. Um, you know, it has its lighters, but it also has its pens uh, and things like this. So we can find a few products in, in tobacco shops from BIC. We also have the know-how with BIC. So once we have a know-how, which is like the uh, plastic injection, we can use it for making um, uh, surfboards, for example. So uh, BIC went into surfboards because it had the know-how in this technology and it could use it in that way. If we go to page 40, we can see how do we do it. We do it either through the products, like I showed you with, <clears throat> with Bon Maman, or we can do it with the brand. Uh, for example, the brand Weight Watchers is about losing weight, and so it makes sense uh, for this brand to... Um, to create other products which are about losing weight. So once we understand the premise of a brand, the values of the brand, uh, we can move it through those things as well into other product categories. So your brief today, you either choose Triumph or Vespa, not both, you choose one or the other, um, and you, you have to think about a new product or a new service that could be created in another product category. Now, Triumph has many products, existing products. So you're going to have to really uh, do some creative work to take it into another one. Uh, Vespa has some products. It doesn't have so many. But it's whether you want to work with Triumph, which has a very rich history and very strong values, or whether you want to work with Vespa, which is cool and trendy and uh, more for young people, obviously. So you have to remember whichever brand you choose, their values, their personality. And then you need to do some research. You need to think of possibilities uh, that haven't been done so far. How can you take them into another product category? You can also think about collaborations with other brands. You can see this at the end of this presentation uh, with an example that I've given you. Um, so I'm just seeing how much time I have left. Okay, I'm okay. Uh, and um, yeah, and then step two is to develop three six-word stories. So I'm going to explain to you the six-word stories. Uh, they will resume your new new service or new product in in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. Uh, they're a bit like a slogan, if you like, uh, a six-word story. Don't use five and don't use seven words. Use six words and true. Uh, find a very, very good image to go with them. I'd also like you to develop a name for your product or service and also add the identity of the brand you're working with and you will have, at the end, a sort of advertising for your product. So on page 43, I explain the very first um, six-word story that was invented, For Sale Baby Shoes Never Worn, by Ernest Hemingway. The idea is here is that we can imagine many scenarios for this very short story. So you can see the rhythm here is 222, For Sale Baby Shoes Never Worn. If we move to 
uh, page 44, you can see we have some uh, other examples here. And this is the sort of thing I would like you to do. Uh, if you look at the first one, we have a different rhythm. The journey is hard and joyful. So we have the very hard work that's undertaken with the left hand foot and the joyful part, which is when we perform. We have some other examples here with the shoes. Necessity to some, luxury to others. So here we have three and three as the rhythm. If you move to page 45, we have a campaign from Visa called Go In Six, hashtag Go In Six. And this was all about using six word stories to encourage people to use their Visa cards. So uh, to bean or not to bean? Toast autumn with a guten tag. So many boots, so little winter. And if you move to the next slide, you will see I've put a couple of examples from students' work from last year. This was the first one who chose to work with Vespa. And uh, here they're working with uh, a collaboration with Mulkey. Mulkey worked well for them because uh, it was really about the lifestyle, the Dolce Vita, and it worked well with uh, being able to carry it uh, on the back of your Vespa quite easily. So we have Nouvelle Regle, numero tres, choc thermique. Uh, so the tres is the, the Vespa itself. And we have the two brands represented here and the brand at the bottom. So it really looks like an advertising for Vespa. And here we have uh, another example of students' work from last year. This group uh, decided to do some sketches as well. You don't have to do sketches. Uh, it's entirely up to you. Uh, if you look at the next page, you will see their final work. They decided to work on golf club bags, which would be easy to carry on the back of a bike. So I have just a few seconds left. Thank you for listening. And I hope to speak to you later on Skype.